Tracy and Lori say, get a passport. Don't be a tourist, be a traveler. Episode 3, What Has My Attention Podcast. This episode was recorded on October 16th, 2019, before the pandemic, while Tracy and Lori were visiting me here in San Diego. This is the second of two recordings we did while they were here. Go back to episode two and listen to medical tourism to find out how you can get all your medical needs met at a fraction of the cost you'd spend here in the States while traveling the world, having a fabulous vacation, and all expenses included for $25 a day or $750 a month. Upcoming episodes in the can include an interview with a journalist titled Turned on at large, and other topics including decluttering spaces and misogyny. I now bring you Get Your Passport with Tracy and Lori Krathomir. So we're actually rolling. I was thinking so. Well, so, awesome. I'm so excited to be here. And I have to back tell you here. that I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be back here. I'm excited to be with you, my good friend. And this is one of the most enjoyable things I find in my life is having conversations with good friends. I know we were talking about that. You were asking kind of how I perceive you guys yesterday. And it was like this morning, last night, something that I had said something about healthcare. I mean, you guys go down the rabbit hole from different perspectives, but very similar, but really it's the conversation. Yeah. So it's like, well, we were talking about some, seminar work we did Mm -hmm. in um in our past and one of the takeaways from some seminar work was we exist within our conversations yes and i love that i know so let's let's start um at the top i mean we'll probably release this for sure but um just introduce yourselves once again and you can introduce yourselves um any way you want. I mean, okay. if you want to say, hey, my name is Lori, and uh, I'm a juggler in a circus, that'd be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's not you, is it? Mm-mm. Who is you? Uh, my name's Lori. I'm a lover of people. I, I'm definitely an extrovert. We've been having conversations about that. Yeah. I, um, I have a background in biofeedback, and I just enjoy helping people. You've been doing biofeedback. Fi- uh, biofeedback yeah for how long about 15 years and um at at the point when we started traveling Mm -hmm. about four years ago Mm -hmm. i closed my practice and i decided that i wasn't going to bring my machine with me because it's like a twenty thousand dollar machine you don't just travel with it in a backpack it's not easy uh and we were traveling pretty light but I acquired recently a different machine that I can throw in a backpack. And if anything happens, somebody gets food poisoning or, uh, you know, pain or twist an ankle or we're out traveling or anywhere, I could at least, it's easy to use and it's really effective. So, All right, so that's basically like some of the things I do. But most of the time I'm... Okay, Tracy's so for wife. those people that don't know what biofeedback is... Okay, so biofeedback is just a way of measuring information. And so like people use biofeedback, people have used biofeedback before and may not have thought it was biofeedback. Mm -hmm. An example of that would be, you know, you take your temperature, you put the thermometer under your tongue, you or under your arm, whatever, and you get Mm -hmm. a you you find out what that is. You find out what your temperature is. You get on a scale, you weigh yourself, you get information. So it's simply 
that your body is giving you information. So the machine that I use and the technology that I use hooks up with harnesses on the body, and then I run a scan, and in about uh, after the the testing process is done, it's measured over eleven bits, eleven thousand bits of information. And during that time when it's measuring it, I like to say it's like a computer looking for a virus. It's measuring a lot of different information in different categories. Mm-hmm. So it's looking at vitamins, minerals, the chakra system. It looks at. Um, um, where things are out of balance. It looks at past traumas. It looks at a lot of things, but it's also choosing programs. The body's choosing programs. And what's great about that is it taps into the subconscious. It, it tap, There's things that I know, there's things that the client knows, and then there's things that the body knows. And so between those three, um, those three different um, sources, we can start to unravel and process things and make changes that need to be made. Mm-hmm. Is that a good definition? Yeah, it was perfect. That's great. Yeah. And then the other one is, uh, the other machine I use basically is a, it's registered as a TENS unit, but it also works with radio frequencies. And it changes and um, puts frequencies inside the mitochondria of the cell. Mm-hmm. And it alters pain and neuropathy, and it works with all kinds of issues. So uh, it never ceases to amaze me. Sometimes I'm working on something I've never worked on before because somebody's got some strange things, something going on. And uh, I use it and I'm like, wow. And then they just mm-hmm. tell me like, this is how I feel. So what level of current is used? Um, are you talking about with the radio frequency? Yeah. It uses, um, first of all, it uses five different waveforms, mm-hmm. but it also uses all types of different types of codes. And these codes have been programmed with different radio frequencies depending on the situation or the issue. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. like like four sixty five is the currency that actually disrupts candida. Mm-hmm. So it depends on you know. There's all kinds of different. So things. would you call this vibrational medicine? Yeah, they both are. They're both vibrational medicine, but different because one machine uses radio frequencies, the other one uses Rife, Mora, and scalar frequencies. So they're just they're different. That sounds like a very in-depth podcast we will not be having today. It's okay. I didn't mean to get off on a tangent. No, like that's, it, I asked. It's exciting. I, I expected to go down, you know, yeah, maybe 10 feet into the rabbit hole. Okay. <laughs> I know there's probably 150 feet left to go. But yeah. So, Tracy, full name? Uh, full name is Tracy Crothamer. Before I go into me, I want to say one of my favorite things I love in Vietnam, they have an expression that goes same, same, but different. Same, same, but different. Same, same, but different. So if you look at Indian blankets, they're the same, same, but different. Yeah. If you took that one over there and just peeled it back a little bit, which you're welcome to do right now, people on the podcast can't see you do it, but you'll see that it's same, same, but different. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, same, same. They're both blankets, but but they're yeah. different. So so I love I love that expression, same, same, but different. Yeah. Um, how would I describe myself today? Exactly, because Today. Yeah, you've been hanging out here with Lori for like, what, three days, and every day it seems to be a new Tracy and Lori. I mean, um, it really does. And I love that. Um, I am somebody that has been on my soul tour for 15 years. Oh. And um, I'm just loving my soul tour. And it started um, about 15 years ago. I went on a trip with our older two sons to... Vancouver, Canada, and we were staying in a hostel. And I came down in the morning, and um, 
her sons were talking to a lady they had met in the common room of the hostel. And uh, they introduced me. And uh, my oldest son goes, Dad, I've been telling uh, this lady how you're on your soul tour. I mean, I mean, how you're in your midlife crisis, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and she looks at him and looks at me and goes, no, 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 no midlife crisis. You're on your soul tour. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that altered so much that day. I remember him coming home and sharing that with me. So many things. Yeah. It was like a quantum paradigm shift. Yes. When you get to that point in your life and you're starting to figure out what's it all about, where have you been? Where do you want to go? Where's the meaning? What have you accomplished? And on and on and on, this thing that's so common uh, to people as they approach midlife. and uh, If they embrace it. If, if they embrace it. I mean, my, it. my experience, especially with men, is, I don't know, if you call, what age do you call midlife? 40, 50, 60, um, 50? I think it's I think different. It's changing. I think it's different yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Uh, this conversation for me happened when I was in my early mid forties. Mm-hmm. You know, for some people, it's, it's it's forty. That birthday can be earth shattering for some people. Yeah. Uh, fifty can be earth shattering, um, and it's not that I was like traumatized by it, but I was making some really big moves in life. Mm-hmm. We had just packed up and moved from Las Vegas to living up up in Oregon. And and that was just a huge move. And I was transitioning in my whole belief system and I was transitioning in my work and I was redefining who I am and I was really beginning to address some of, of my passions in life. Mm-hmm. Right? And with everything there's always gonna be it's kind of an absolute statement, but but with most things there comes a cost. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're going to gain something, you're going to pay something. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was really kind of the start of of the whole soul tour. And so, and you're still on it. And, and I am so still on it. And it's like uh, I tell my wife almost every day, if I'm not having fun, I don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. And I also say that, um, I said this before, I think, on this podcast, is that um, – is that no matter what I'm doing, I'm trading a day of my life for it. So it better be worth it. Awesome. And so I really really want to maximize every day. And, you know, I'm somebody that um, has chronic pain, has a lot of health issues, and people will look at me and have no idea. Right, because well, that's my experience. With because you. I think I look, I look really great, and I have pictures on the blog that I've written um, called "The Trance to Travel" that has me wearing a backpack and looking all happy when we're in Japan, and I am wearing a backpack. I'm so happy in Japan because I'm living my life like nothing's wrong, mm-hmm. and occasionally I have to face the fact that well, there is something there, but. Uh, I really believe strongly in in mind over matter. And mm-hmm. what's the old adage? If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. But um, <laughs> yeah. no, I really believe that that our mind is powerful in addressing what's going on in our body as well. And if people buy in to the fact that they're sick, they're going to show up that way. And I'm I'm not saying be 
be radical about this. I'm not saying if you're an insulin diabetic, stop taking your insulin. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously something really is wrong. You have to address that. You have sure. to address it. And it may it may take time to really pursue um, things in your life that can increase your quality of life and your standard of living and and all this. But we can go on so many tangents about this. Like I'm listening to you talk right now and I was thinking about like what you said about the cost and the payoff. And in my mind, as an energy practitioner, I think everything's an exchange of energy, right? And then the other place I went with was just thinking about how, um, my gosh, where did I go with this? No, I'm, I'm just listening to you. And I'm trying not to interrupt you, but I, it's important. Like, I know what you're saying is important. And at the same time, as, as a person who works with energy, I feel like our bodies, when we're not listening, our bodies are talking to us. So if somebody's insulin, you know, insulin dependent and or they have problems with their production of sugar, where my mind goes is where's the sweetness of life not mm -hmm. being addressed in your life? I mean, yeah. you know, I can't just look at a physical ailment or um or I, I have to look at the holistic perspective sure. of it all. And some of the teachers that I've listened to, I, I I agree with some of the people that have trained me and working with my device, I literally like go to a lot of places to see, okay, it's not just one thing. Because we're just not just a physical person. We're physically we're physical, spiritual and, and emotional beings living in living in this and chemical this and suit, electrical in this and, little suit yeah. you know that ha is is experiencing this soul tour as yeah. you say yeah yeah and i am every day i'm grateful for this earth suit <laughs> you know it's 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 not perfect and and in some ways it's frail and in some ways it's strong and it's magical and mystical and, and sometimes it needs repairs and some and sometimes it's it needs repair but I really believe that um, that if we push forward in life, that there's so much more we can do. Yeah. Yeah. Early on for me, a lesson in my studies was, you know, you can be so much more. You have no idea. So yeah. I was being mentored by somebody, and they just pushed me to be much more than I could ever be. Yeah. And, and that's what I would say with everybody. Mm -hmm. Even for those people that just like have a job, aren't happy, work someplace and all the rest of it. It's like, leave it at five o'clock and go do you. Like, just mm -hmm. like have that plan. Just, you know, mm -hmm. make yourself, you know, challenge yourself. Yeah. Do the I, bungee cord I, jump. Do I, whatever challenge. What, do whatever fear you have. Just do it. And I think there was probably a book written about that. Fear the, feel the fear and do it. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it takes courage to, like, we're, that made me think of, like, self-growth and development. And we, we both have had this conversation, and we both, we all value that as a value. Mm -hmm. But I, I do think it takes courage to, like, really do that, do the work. And just, like, if you're unhappy with your job or whatever that is, or you're, you know, and, and being able to segment and say, okay, I'm going to go do this. You know, you have to do what you have to do. But it's important to look at it and evaluate it. And actually, as I'm talking about this, it's a reminder for me to do that. Yeah. Always. Yeah. 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 So one sure. thing I want to say about courage, which is a lot of people look at it and go, oh, I don't have courage. I can't do it. And I'm just saying, you know, just stop it. Just quit Quit with that. Stop it. Stop it. it, it yes. Yeah. Yes. It takes courage. But the courage actually comes after you do it. 
when you yeah. realize you were courageous. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You just, you just do it. Forget anything that stops you, that blocks you, and just do it. Mm-hmm. And then you will know you were courageous. Yeah. Yeah. You, can you feel know, proud. Um, yourself what I like it. to say is that courage does not exist in the absence of fear. Say that again. C- courage does not exist in the absence of fear. Nice. I mean, yes. I mean, you have to overcome come something. It's like, it's like, I can walk outside right now and get in my car. That doesn't take any courage. I don't have anything out mm-hmm. there that's like has me afraid that mm-hmm. I have to press through to get into my car. Now, bungee jumping. Mm. Wow. Yeah, my heart just starts already pounding thinking yeah. about. You know, bungee jumping or skydiving or, you know. So, you know, what what I was just feeling there for a second was that is that you you can be courageous and at the same time be humble. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you talk to people like, you know, if you talk to people that have been in combat, you know, and and, and they get this metal, for example, for extreme courage. Mm-hmm. They were afraid out of their gourd, right? But in that moment they did it. They Whatever did they it. Did. They mm-hmm. they pressed through. Um I was talking to our old our youngest son who's struggling with some um with some business issues. And uh and I said, you know, when you're extremely successful People don't want to hear it was easy. They want to hear it was hard. They want to hear what you pressed through. They want to hear what you overcame. What were your obstacles? Because that's what's relatable. Mm-hmm. Right? That's that's it's what people real life. it's like it's like if you can do it, maybe I can do it too. Yep. Where if it was too easy, it's like I don't have whatever you had to make that happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I can I can relate to one step at a time, one foot in front of the other. I think that authenticity and being honest is probably the greatest healer. Because when you allow people to see your frailties and you are authentic about your journey or your real, whatever's real for you, it gives people permission and it creates intimacy. And I think that's huge, you know? I don't know why I thought of that. Just like, well, because Lori, we we talked about this earlier. You, <laughs> you, you, um, you, you're you're an adept at chunking sideways. Okay, so is everybody out there still with us? Yes, I thought so. So you know, and Tracy brings it back. So bring, talking about bringing it back, when we talked about what we we're going to talk about, you were said, let's talk more about travel. So let's, shall we? Yeah, let's let's talk mm-hmm. about travel. You know, we've been backpacking around the world for four years. Yeah, and, and do you want to talk again a little bit about how that all started? Just yeah, briefly, the, yeah. a brief summary. Yeah, just— Because it didn't—the intention was not four years, right? No, the intention mm-hmm. wasn't four years, and this is a number of conversations, but um, I spent with my wife, we spent five years fighting an illegal foreclosure. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole different conversation, but um, it was absolutely Ill- illegal. And when we finally prevailed and got to keep our house, somebody tried to steal our house. That was another lawsuit. And that took a year, and we prevailed. And 
when it was all done, we were able to, to sell our house at a profit. And that part was awesome. However, all the expenses and so on, we essentially paid everything off. We became debt-free. What an amazing feeling. Got rid of half of our belongings. The rest is in a 10 by 10 storage. Um, three sons, you know, hugs and kisses, kissed our moms goodbye, had this perfect window, grabbed our backpacks. I so wanted to get out of town. I wanted to get out of Dodge. And before everything was complete, we investigated fifth wheels. We were going to get a fifth wheel. I was going to get an older Dodge pickup, right? Um, and I was going to convert that diesel engine to run on biofuel. Oh. And, um, and we were just going to live in our fifth wheel and just travel around the country. And, and we almost did that. And then I got really present to the fact that those things just so dramatically depreciate in value. Right, and that it was not a good investment, and why not think bigger? It wasn't an investment at all. See, no, that, that's no, the thing. It was not it wasn't at all. an investment. It was a, it was yeah. a dump, totally. Yeah. I agree. And so um, I thought, you know, I've always wanted to really see the world. And we had lived in Europe for a while before, and there was just so much more to see and so much more to do. So You got bit by the travel. Travel bug, bug totally. And so... We set off on a journey with one year's money in the bank. Oh, okay. And for some reason, I thought it was a month, but it was really no, a no. year. We had we had one year's money in the bank, and and my goal was not to touch it. Oh, I, I wanted to travel. I didn't want to have debt. Uh huh. And uh, and so we started off traveling on a twenty five dollar a day a piece budget. Wow, that's just fifty dollars a day. Yeah. For two, for two people. For two people. Yeah, I mean, it used to be Europe on $5 a day, but those days are long gone, right? Th- those days are long gone, and that budget was all-inclusive. That's that's travel expenses, that, that's airfare, train fare. Oh, really? Cars, Ubers, uh, everything lodging, except you food, said. everything. Yeah. Our total budget was $25 a day apiece. That's $50 a day for everything. Yeah. Right. That's 150 a month. Am I wrong about that? Or no, no, no. It's 1500. I mean, I'm sorry, 1500. Yeah. Right? $1500 a month. Gee, I guess you don't want me to do your math. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so uh, that's 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 not a lot of money. No, it's not. To to live on. And we found that in places like Southeast Asia, you can live so well on that. Mm. Right? And in places like Europe, well maybe not so much. Mm. And Japan don't even try. Mm. And so, How about San Diego? Oh, San oh, Diego is no ridiculous. <laughs> so expensive here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can visit here. Yeah. And so we would like kind of offset. We would be in, you know, if we're saving money here, we're saving it so we have it to spend over there. Uh huh. And so we would do that. And some of the key things we learned is that the biggest Airfare, air travel expense is getting to a continent. Okay. And so once you're there, you can catch cheaper flights. And, you know, there's an, there's an old expression, you know, success leaves clues. Mm. And so, um, you know, we have the internet and you can tap into so many things as far as how can you travel inexpensively? 
And so I was going to touch on air travel. Okay. Because I have this belief that there's always a magic city. And if you can find the magic city and the magic dates to get to that city, that you can find an airfare so low that it's kind of borderline ridiculous mm. how cheaply you can get there. For example, we did a, a round-trip flight Portland to Hong Kong on Air Canada. Portland, you're talking Portland, Oregon. Yeah, I'm talking Portland, Oregon, to Hong Kong for 360 round-trip. Good Lord. Which is a really cheap airfare. And sometimes we really prefer to buy a one-way ticket, and we can get really great buys on one-way tickets. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes the round trip is this, the, the return ticket home is just so much, it's so inexpensive to get that return trip. It's like you may have a $300 one-way, but the round trip is 350 Yeah. And so it's kind of like an insurance policy. Yeah. Or a little bit of a gamble saying, well, if I buy this ticket home to the U.S. four months in advance, mm -hmm. will I be ready to go do that? And if I do that, then it's great. It's like, you know, congratulations, I win. And, and if I don't, well, I've only lost 50 bucks. Right. Right. And so one of my favorite tools, and it's so common, is Google Flights. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like google.com forward slash flights. Uh, you actually cannot buy your ticket on google.com forward slash flights. And Google, you're welcome. Um, but anyway, uh, what I love about it is you can see two months of airfares in a single glance. Mm. And then you can also see global maps with mm -hmm. airfares at a glance on it. And so, you know, previously I said that it's often cheaper to go from from A to C to B instead of just going directly from from A to B. And so you can see that on Google Flights. That's interesting. And I've never used it. I mean, it's popped up before, obviously, but... Yeah, and don't use this if you need to get a flight for tomorrow. Right. You know, use this if it's kind of like a little bit of like a hobby. Mm -hmm. Like pop on it and like play around with it. Uh, do a half hour here, half hour there. And then you really kind of get into the rhythm mm -hmm. of, of what you're looking at. So what will Google follow up given that it's probably tracking all your movements on their flights? Do, do you ever get... Stuff coming back from them about, hey, we found a trip to Singapore that's $2. Not really. That doesn't happen. Oh, really? Okay. And it's really kind of intriguing now that you mentioned that because yeah. everything else I get hit with. And people ask me, you know, do you notice that airfares go up mm -hmm. if you look at things repeatedly? Well, over time, yes, because airfares by themselves go up. Do they go up because they're tracking my movements? Mm -hmm. Like, what am I looking at? Um I'm honestly not sure, um, but you know you can go and use the um, um, tunnel um, incognito setting on your computer, and I also use a a VPN for privacy and security. Um, 
And so I don't really notice that in what I do. But uh, Google Flights, seriously, it's my first go-to. Now, what I also do is, like, I subscribe to Scott's Cheap Flights. Scott's Scott's CheapFlights.com. I I subscribe. And it's also free. Okay. Right? I, I, I subscribe because... Flight deals pop into my inbox every day if you subscribe. Oh, that could be dangerous. And, oh, it's so dangerous. Oh, yes, I get in trouble. My wife is laughing at me. It's like <laughs> one day she woke up and I said, baby, we're going to China tomorrow. Yeah, it's dangerous. And that's a whole <laughs> other story. Yeah. But um, Scott's cheap flights. And what I love about it is that you can choose, I don't know if it's like five or six cities that you want them to send you deals from. And it's not that you need to take those deals. It just alerts you, right, to what's possible, mm. right? So I actually, I have it pulled up on my phone because um, these are the deals I'm looking at today. And yes, oh man, I get myself in trouble when I do this. Uh-huh. You're, he, uh, he's searching, he's looking. And, and the thing is, before okay. we were in the U.S., I never knew what he was going to say. Okay, yeah. so like, oh, by the way, dear, we're going to China. Really? <laughs> Go ahead. So, um, oh, China. Okay, um, and, and just so everybody knows, you're looking at your phone. I'm, right I'm now. looking at my phone, uh, and I've got so far today. I've got one, two, uh, only only two flights suggestions today. I had I had seven from yesterday, and so for. Uh, to Europe, to Buenos Aires, to uh, Puerto Rico, to Eastern Europe, to China. Uh, China, uh, f- from the 300s with no bag fees. No. Oh. Right? And so we're talking, you know, and so I click on it, and it shows me that, okay, from from L.A., I can fly to Chengdu, China, which is Sichuan. For, oh, that's the for, best. Food. For $380 <laughs> round trip. I have not been to Szechuan yet. I want to go so bad. It's ridiculous. And if you look at, at the foodie travel vloggers, yeah, right? Uh, Szechuan food is hot. It's, it's spicy. And there was a video. Um, Mark Wayne's. No, no, no. It was Anthony Bourdain. Mm. Right. Anthony Bourdain, the late, great Anthony Bourdain. May he rest in peace. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, such, oh gosh, I, I, I esteemed him so highly. Um, he found himself uh, with one of his guides and literally eating red food. Hmm. And the food was red just from chili. Yeah. And you like chili. I, I love spicy food, but that's that's a level. I mean, I eat food that's Thai hot. That's yeah. a whole different level. Number 10 Thai hot, right? Yeah. And so, but here's the thing. I mean, you can fly, okay, from San Francisco to um, to Kunming, China for 420. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. It doesn't matter if that's where in China you want to go. Just get to China. Yeah. And so, and then it shows you that the airlines, it's, um, this certain deal is on, is on China Southern Airlines. That's one of the top three uh, China airlines. And it's so fun to fly foreign airlines. 
Oh, yeah. It really is. And you get such such a comparison and you get reacquainted not to slam American Airlines, but I'm going to slam American Airlines. And I don't mean that as a, I mean, as a nation, our national carriers, not a Pacific Airline. Not a Pacific Airline, right. Right. Is that we've lost track of what service is, customer service on, on an airline, where they're not charging you for every little thing, mm-hmm. Right. And I don't really drink, but but I mean cocktails, alcohols free on on the flight. They served de- mostly delicious food, and it's like, and sometimes not. Yeah, and sometimes not. Sometimes but, like, oh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> but but the level of service is just so different. And I love not being nickel and dimed on a flight. I don't want to pay extra because I want food on my flight. Now, full disclosure, if you fly budget Asian airlines, they are going to charge you. Like, I love mm-hmm. to fly Air Asia. They charge you for food, mm-hmm. things like that. But um, but flying to um, China is just so cheap. And then there's this flight going to Argentina, to Buenos Aires, which, if you've mm-hmm. not looked at a map, mm-hmm. is really far, right? Uh, for $620 round trip to Buenos Aires – um, is is ridiculously cheap. Uh, you can fly from Portland to Puerto Rico, Portland, Oregon to Puerto Rico for two hundred and fifty bucks round trip. That's I, I, yeah, it's good. It's, I, I, I'm not interrupting because you know. Yeah, um, th- this is like fascinating. I actually, I actually brought up Scott's cheap flights. Yeah, yeah, Scott Scott's cheap flights. So it says right on the homepage, save up to ninety percent on international flights. Yeah, and and I've never saved that much. I would say that conservatively, I think we save like like that round trip to Hong Kong is like 70% off, mm-hmm. right? Uh, sometimes we fly so cheaply, I know we're not even paying for our share of the fuel on the flight. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see a flight from San Francisco to Tel Aviv and it's 400 round trip, um, I actually used such great restraint this week. I saw tickets to Delhi from LA to Delhi, India for 450 round trip. My gosh. And that's like, and it, it's not even super basic economy. I mean, your bags are included mm-hmm. and they actually give you food in mm-hmm. like really good airlines. Mm. And, and you're flying to India and that's awesome. And so, Next level conversation on this is um, you look at Scott's cheap flights and then you jump onto Google, right? And then you start playing around with dates. Okay. And then you're looking at other cities. Oh, yeah. Right? And then your your mind starts to explode. Right. And that's kind of fun. And so here's- You can tell he has fun. <laughs> here's an unknown little secret. Okay. Google.com forward slash flights- has a top secret advanced search engine that's called ITA Matrix. And I came across this by accident one day, right? And I think I told you the other day that that using stopovers is a lost art. Yes, I remember that. Well, ITA Matrix is how you book your own stopover without having a travel agent. You're kidding. That's how you do it. Now, there's another website that's called um, that's called theflightdeal.com. Okay. And pick any city and then pick 
uh, any deal and click on it. And they'll have a link to the ITA matrix. Mm-hmm. And then they have links to tutorials on how to use it. Oh, you're kidding. No. So I, I'm a huge fan of anything that's got great tutorials. They have a great tutorial. And so I have used it to, to book stopovers in cities for free. Yeah. And so all of a sudden you're like, you're like flying to, you know, like the other day I said, you know, you're flying to Ireland and you get a free stopover in Madrid. Yeah. Uh, you're flying to Tokyo and you get a free stopover in China. Now, the nice thing about China is it's hard to get a visa to go to China. It really is. They want to know who you're staying with, where you're staying, how long you're staying, what's your business. However, they have a thing where um, they have a, a hundred, depending on your city, a 72 or 144 hour transit visa. Oh, really? And it's a visa on arrival and it's free, right? And as long as you can show your ongoing travel ticket, right? And you have a, a reservation for where you're staying, you can get your visa and it's free and you just walk right into the country and you can't leave the major city that you're visiting. So if you're changing planes in Shanghai, you're limited to staying in Shanghai. Yeah. Right. If you're flying into Beijing, you're limited to Beijing, but a few book at no extra charge of flight with a, um, a stopover, let's say a four-day stopover in Beijing, you can do six days. Mm-hmm. Let's say you have a four-day stopover. You have enough time to to go to the Forbidden City. You can go see the Great Wall of China. I mean, how many people out there have that on their bucket list and don't know how to do that? Yeah. Right? And now you know you don't need to go through the whole visa application process, you know, just show up, have ongoing travel plans, and have a confirmed reservation for lodging in that city. And they will let you through and enjoy your couple of days in China. And so those are some of my greatest travel secrets. Yeah, no, I know. I I'm just sitting here going bared to- my soul. Yeah. yeah, you I'm just listening to you. You just did. Like yeah, I'm everybody lo- wants to know how. Yeah, and I'm looking at Lori and, and looking at you, Tracy, going, this is how we got there? Oh, no. I've been around him a long time. No, I, I know. But I it's, know. I mean, I've watched him do it. And um, like we have 10-year visas to China because when we were going to China for the first time, we were going there specifically to pri- to research and private label a product that he was working on. Mm-hmm. And so... It wasn't. It was interesting to learn how to get a ten-year visa. Is not that difficult either. Mm. Yeah, so, really. So I don't think. on our journey, I started off travel blogging, and then we moved to uh, to doing e-commerce. Mm-hmm. So we added some things to actually increase our monthly income, uh, and we did workaways and homestays and more in-depth conversation. But but what I just shared, um, I share freely just in conversation with people that are curious. Because I believe that travel makes us a better people. And totally. I really believe that I'm contributing to my society and my world if I can get people out of this country. Mm-hmm. I, 
I love my country. I love the United States. But I believe that people need to get out. They need to see what is life like in Europe? What is it like in China, Japan, South America? Talk to people. Meet our neighbors that share this planet. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, and if... In some way of doing that, I can contribute to like peace on earth. And mm. wow, how cool is that? Yeah. And I don't know if this stat is still accurate, but I read a few years ago that only 17% of Americans have a passport. And so if you don't have one, get a passport. And here's the thing I tell people they say, I don't have travel plans. I'm like, well, how do you know? <laughs> and, and then I say, what would it be like? If one of your dearest friends called you up and said, I need to go to Paris next week, and my spouse said I can go, but I really can't go alone, and I can take somebody, do you want to go? If you have a passport, you can say yes. Yeah. And if you don't, it's like, poor you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And a last-minute passport's expensive, but... I have seen this happen so many times to so many people that have gotten back to me and said, you know what? You were right. I did this and this showed up. Oh, yeah. So, so you open the door for the possibility. Yeah. It's like you just created the possibility. Or you open the door for frustration. Your choice. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's kind of like I, I kind of jokingly say to people, you know, I went to the mail and there was no check from the lottery. Yeah. Then the question is, well, did you play the lottery? Well, no. How can you expect to win? Yeah. You gotta play. Yeah. Right. So yeah. so get a passport. It's not that expensive. It's really easy. But a last minute passport, a rush passport, the type you can get in like three days, that's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know you can get one in three days. Wow. Yeah, you can. Actually, I checked it out. It's like two, three hundred dollars. Something like that. So um, probably going to name this episode, Get a Passport. Get a Passport. Do it now. Yeah. So, all right. In kind of winding up a little bit um, from either one of you or both of you, and this could go on for another 20 minutes, I'm sure, and that would be just fine, is I would like to for you to just think about three things that you learned from traveling for four years that, okay. I mean, I mean that you know, that really were quite defining for you in terms of maybe changed your life or was a big aha or well, whatever. I know you, you, you could probably. So we're talking six, one, two, three, four, five, six. And it's okay if we bounce off each other. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so one of my biggest lessons is that 99.9% of the people on this planet are absolutely awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, and that the vast majority of people want the very same things you do. You know, they want to, they want to be in relationship. They want to have love. They want to have their family. They want to see their children succeed in life. They want to eat good food. They want to sleep in safety. Mm -hmm. You know, I can go on and on all the things that, that we value as people, they value. And, uh, it's so easy when we watch the news or we watch, you know, TV or whatever, and we see tragedies happening around the world or conflict and war. And if you haven't traveled, you don't get present to that. These are people just like you. And it's easy to see them as just numbers or them, but they're not them, they're us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of my 
biggest takeaways, I would say also it's safe to eat street food. It's what? It's safe to eat street food. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like restaurants don't show up in a lot of countries. Like we're accustomed to our like chain restaurants. Yeah, you don't go looking for a restaurant in a lot of these places. Right? Yeah, and it's like, yeah. so street food is delicious. You don't experience the authenticity. When I first started, I did not eat street food. But then I've watched him eat some crazy street food. <laughs> like what kind of crazy? Well, like a tarantula in Cambodia or what? somewhere, you know, like bugs. Yeah, the, the last trip we went on, we were with um, our cousin, our little cousin and our son, and they went to, well, I went with them, but it was the Bug Cafe in, in uh, Cambodia. Yeah, it, and it was actually a restaurant. It was really nice, but it was really interesting just to see that people eat bugs and I, 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 my belief was like, you know, there was so much tragedy at certain times that they just had to eat bugs because that, that was the only protein there was. Sure. You know, but um, so but it I is, don't, yeah. yeah, I don't eat bugs on, no. on a, no, on a daily basis, but I do want to say that, that in the big portion of the world, bugs are the most readily accessible form of protein. And it's not uncommon in places in Asia to see little children walking around with, with bags full of crickets, which is when they're cooked right, like popcorn, and it's delicious. Um, but when I my first journey to Vietnam and Cambodia um, many years ago, I vowed that if I ever made it back, I was going to eat bugs because I chickened out my first time. And so... Uh, there was a video of my second time in Cambodia. This time I had Lori with me. And we're walking through the uh, pub street market in uh, Siem Reap, Cambodia. And it's like this amazingly active and colorful market. And there's this vendor selling all kinds of bugs. And I want to take a picture. I didn't see the sign. If you take a picture, you have to pay me. I forget what the price was. And I said, well, if I buy the bug, it's a picture for free. So I, and so I bought this big tarantula, right? And there's a video, it's on YouTube. If you just look up Pub Street Spider-Man, you'll see the video of me eating that tarantula. And the... Um, and well, it, okay, I'm going to look it up right now. So you, you said Pub Street what? Pub Street Spider-Man. Okay, right? good. And uh, people ask me, well, what did the spider taste like? And so first off, it was cooked. It had been fried, uh-huh. right? And and the legs were kind of like uh, a crunchy teriyaki deliciousness. Yeah. Right. But 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 the abdomen that was the part. It looked like you know the big round abdomen. That's the part that makes people squeamish. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, here's what it was like. If you take an egg and you roast it, mm-hmm. and then you simmer it in pork broth. Okay. That's what the abdomen was like. Oh, awesome. So l- l- just so everybody knows, you do on the last podcast we did, you, you know, you did talk about a little bit of culinary arts. You have that experience. Yeah, yeah. So you I'm have an appreciation yeah. for the finer things in life, like crickets. Yeah. Roasted yeah. delicately with, I don't know what, olive oil and garlic yeah. or something? Well, and actually, so, at, the, at the cafe, at the Bug Cafe in Cambodia, they did, it was a gourmet bug restaurant, seriously. But... Um, yeah, I mean, his background being culinary arts, he's done all kinds of fine cuisine, and then there's street food. <laughs> yeah, so so I'm definitely Jeez. in an adventure eater when it comes to traveling. Yeah. And at that time, the man that had the cart actually gave me some crickets for dessert. Yeah. 
right? And and that was kind of delicious. Um, so fast forward, we were traveling with my little cousin. She's on a gap year. She's about to start university. And so she traveled with me for six weeks. And so she would try and outdo me. It's like I could not hit a level of venture eating that she would not rise to the challenge. And so we were in uh, we were in Yogyakarta, which is on Java in Indonesia. And there's this street vendor, and he was selling bats mm. to eat. And um, and I said, hey, hey, Zoe, you want to eat these bats? And she said yes, and she started to like reach for the bat with a vendor, and I literally had to stop her. I said, "You win. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. have hit a level that I that I will not go. Let Let's go find a restaurant that's famous for serving bat that we know the bat is fresh, yeah. and not sitting in a food cart for who knows how long. So yeah, yeah you have to really have some wisdom. You have around. to use wisdom and discretion. I think you know, but." But the vast majority of street food is safe. And so when it came to eating bugs, I did take her to a nice bug restaurant because I wanted her to have a nice bug eating experience. So have you ever in the United States found any restaurants or places to get any of this kind of cuisine? Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, there's just no way. Not yet. So that is an opportunity waiting to happen, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, probably would be a, a travel destination. Oh, yeah, to, like to, Voodoo Donuts in Portland. Yeah, exactly. And people would just totally go there. And they take their bats back with them on the airlines or whatever. Yeah, so if we're back at three things, I'm, I'm going to leave that one for now. So so the, you did two. Okay. The you and I are the same. You are another you. I mean, excuse me, you are another I, whatever. And then the food like and the bats. Like people are all the same. They all want the same things. Yeah, yeah. They all, they all want the same things. people on the planet. Thing. So you're on number three? Amazing. Yeah, yeah. And okay. uh, if you have one, well, I think of number three, that yeah. would be great. So, because I was, I was going to go first at first. But um, no, I, I think that when I was traveling, first of all, I didn't know I was, I was able to travel that way. Because I hadn't experienced it. I didn't even know I was going to really enjoy it. And it's really fun. When we first started traveling, I didn't really know how much I'd love it. And I had someone say to me, you know, if you just trust that man over there, because he was in the process of really doing everything. All I had to do was like close up the house, close up the practice, you know, and I I didn't really have to work on some of the details because he was already on it. And I started the travel and what I learned was that I really did love this journey. It was exciting. And it's really was exciting for me because I'm married to a man who has a deep He's, he's always had a deep love for history. So wherever we go, I would learn so much about the area. It wasn't, it was like living in a history book. And so, but one of the things I learned was number one, I really didn't need as much stuff as I had. Um, being uh, traveling with a backpack is like an amazing, I mean, if your body can handle it, it's such a freeing experience. And I loved. Being able to hop on a train or being able to hop on a on some kind of way, some vehicle, and get from A to B, not have to go back to B to, to the A point. Just look at where I was and go, now where? Go to from B to C and go, okay, now where? It was a very amazing freeing experience. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that was just oh, amazing. That like, makes me smile. Yeah. yeah. And um th- then the other thing was I love, I love 
meeting people and engaging in real life. You know, like we would go someplace and, okay, I'll give you an example. We were in Myanmar and we had an opportunity to go to Myanmar. We were so close and he'd always wanted to go there. And he was a little concerned with me because of just the level of first world, second world, third world country that, it, or should I say third world country that it is. Um, and, and we did ha- undergo some things that wouldn't be totally comfortable. But he, one of the things Tracy always would say to me is like, I want to just go and I walk, want to walk with the people who walk on these streets. I want to experience life the way they're experiencing it, see things through their eyes. And so there, there were times we just were in places that the only way we could do that is to just be right down in the, in the, wherever we were with these people. So I love what Lori was just sharing and about relating with the people and walking with the people. And that's, uh, kind of 3A and 3B, because I get three. Mm-hmm. Uh, first off is don't don't be a tourist. Be a traveler. And what's the difference? Well, don't go to some seven-day resort and just be at the resort and then leave and think that you've been somewhere. You know, it's sort of like going someplace and like experiencing the whole trip through your camera. You just picture, 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 yeah. picture, and then you come back to the states and go, "Let's go see where we were at." Let's, you know, let's. Here's the pictures. Yeah, don't stay it's in a like, hotel. Uh, go stay in an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Go do a homestay. Go get a get a guest stay. Go stay with a family. Uh huh. And it's so easy to do that. And honestly, it's one of the most rewarding things in my life. Uh-huh. has been those interactions. You know, we just got done watching um, Eat, Pray, Love, Love old, old movie with Julia Roberts, and she's in, in Bali. And she's, you know, she's essentially do, doing a homestay. And this elder is just pouring into her life. And that's really is what it's like. Yeah. It's so amazing. I mean, go do that. It's phenomenal. And the second thing, like 3B, is... Don't be afraid to accept help. We so are, ask for help? In, uh, ask for help, accept help. It's like we're like trying to connect trains in Tokyo, and it's crazy. And it was for a split second apparent to somebody that we were lost. Uh-huh. And somebody comes out of the woodwork and helps us get on our train. Nice. And stuff like that has happened so many times in so many places that people see that that A, you're a traveler and that you need help and it has always shown up right on time. And there's another thing I really love about it, which is you give that other person an opportunity to serve another. Yeah. Because that's kind of my core thing. And, and in that process, we have met some of the most amazing people. We are so on guard mm, in, in America. And, yeah, our for our good walls reason, are up so high in America. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from the place of all as well, and there's nothing wrong, but just to notice that, mm-hmm. that, you know, um, and, and just be, be respectful when you travel, just respect people's model of the world. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And that'd be what I'd have to share. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, you know, people there, you'd meet a lot of people that have never been to our country. So if we're representing America, you kind of want to represent nicely. You don't want to be a jerk. Mm-hmm. But there are times when people are not too nice, and yeah. or they have this, like they somebody owes them something or just whatever it is. But um, 
Yeah, don't be a stereotypical ugly American. Yeah. When you travel, be be polite, be respectful. If you don't understand their language, raising your voice won't make it any easier. Mm-hmm. You know, and I used to really tease Lori when we I travel. I knew you were going to say this. Because my adorable wife is so expressive. She talks with her hands. Yeah. And sometimes hand gestures in foreign countries can be taken wrong. Oh. Yeah. And, and the kids would say, Mom, you shouldn't talk with your hands. You don't really know what it means in this country. You know, in, so, in, in some countries, a thumbs up does not mean okay. No, I know. <laughs> and, and in some countries, they point with the middle finger. That's what they do. It's, it's not profane like it is here yeah. in America. Mm-hmm. And in some countries, tipping is really rude. Mm. Right. And so thankfully we have have the internet. So before you go somewhere, take a minute. Yeah. <laughs> read on what's appropriate. So so you show up knowing what to do. I always go online and look at what's proper for tipping oh, really? before I go into another country. Mm-hmm. And if they don't tip there, I smile. That's awesome. Yeah. Right. Because you don't uh, or, have to do it and or also figure it, it out. Yeah. Or you just bless them sometimes. They yeah. don't expect it. But but if yeah. they tip, I want to make sure that I'm respecting that and leave a tip. So Right. Yeah. Right. Y- you would never know that I love travel. Yeah. I'm dead. <laughs> if there's one thing you think everybody needs to know, whether it's about travel or anything else, what would it be? Well, one of the things that comes to mind is you don't always need as much stuff as you think you need. And so people really do travel too. They put, they well, take yeah. too much stuff. And our first time we ever went to Europe, we, we, we rented our house out. We got rid of our vehicles. We decided to homeschool our children mm-hmm. and we left for Europe and we're, we were going to be gone for a year. And I packed so many suitcases that when I got there, and we were renting a little place off the coast of Peñascola, Spain, and we're homeschooling the kids, and we take the afternoon off and go to the beach for siesta and come back and, you know, have have a relaxing dinner. And But one of the things I did was I literally took our suitcases, we repacked things, and I put it on a slow boat back home because I'm like... I don't need all this. What was I thinking? Yeah. And it was it really did become about the journey. Yeah. So a lot of times the only time we had to, you know, like most of the time we would travel with very, you know, warm, you know, warm weather clothes except for when we went to Ireland. There's just no way. Mm-hmm. Even though it says it's an Irish spring, it's not. It's, it was really cold. But, you know, you can you can pick up things where you go, but it just depends on when you're traveling. And one of the things our kids would do, our son Jared would do all the time. It's like he would get something, he'd stay somewhere, he didn't need it, he'd give it away. And he'd just give right. things away. If he didn't need it, he'd just give it away. And he's always been like well, that. Well, I was going to say in Tim Ferriss' book, 40-Hour Work Week, uh-huh. yeah, so he talked totally. about traveling. Mm-hmm. So he finally said he got to a place where he would just like, when he would travel to a country, he would mm-hmm. just like carry hardly anything uh-huh. and buy his yeah. clothes there. Yeah. And then when yeah. he left, he'd give his clothes away mm-hmm. yeah. to somebody mm-hmm. there. The, my best role model to recommend for this is Rick Steves. Rick Steves. Rick Steves. And um, he, he was on uh, PBS for years. He's an amazing philanthropist, but he's done a series on PBS called Europe Through the Back Door. And he has a series of books, uh, now also on ebook, but traditionally in the bookstore. Um, and it would be great because he would write about what it's like to travel with a small backpack. Mm-hmm. And he would, mm-hmm. he would say, well, if you find this street, uh, go down three blocks, hang a left, 
hang a right, find the door with the purple star on it, knock three times and whistle, and a little lady will come out to the door and give you a cookie. And it would be spot <laughs> it would, on. It was, it was so amazing. Oh. But, but he teaches how to travel with just a little backpack. And up until this last uh, year of travel, mm-hmm. we've had the same Rick Steves backpacks since 2002. Oh, fine. Right. And so you learn how to travel so lightly. And then I would wear a small computer bag on, on my front. So the Rick Steves bag on my back. Now I use a different one. And my computer bag on my front because I was blogging and want my laptop. Right. And um, and then we would buy little like mementos from our trip. We don't go buy the, the commercial souvenirs. We'd find something meaningful. Yeah. And then... After a while, we'd find a post office and just ship it home but, to, yeah, to like well, my mom's house. Well, and be waiting first, for us. When we first started, I was like, oh, honey, I'm not going to buy stuff. you know." And he's like, honey, you might want a little something. And now when we when we go someplace, the like the last time we were in Mexico, we were in Guanajuato. And we found this sweet couple who did this specific type of artistry where they used beads on, on these – it was just, and I took pictures with them because that was kind of special, you know? Mm-hmm. So like now that we've been back in the U.S. since 420, that's how I remember when we got home, um, you know, the funnest part was like opening up my suitcases and finding some of those mementos because I hadn't had a house for a while. Um, but then I went, now the, the biggest thing, I, my goal is to get rid of half of our stuff because I really don't need all that. I literally don't want all of that stuff. And I think in the in America, we just have this mindset. We just keep getting more and more stuff. I know. You know, I and know. honestly, I think less is more. It, and, it certainly has been for me. And and what was I that mean, saying? We were in a hostel in, per, in Peru with our son. There was something written on the wall, and I took a picture of it. But it had to do with, like, the, the, those who walk out of their door. Um, and, and it was all about travel. What, what did, do you remember what it said? It was like halfway to getting there. Like they take, they've taken the biggest step. Like just do it. <laughs> just do it. If yeah. you want to do it. I mean, not everybody wants to travel, but don't wait until you're, don't wait until you're, you have enough money to your financial secure. Like don't wait because you don't know what the future is going to be like. Tracy will always talk about like there's windows in life. And and over time when we do podcasts, you're going to hear him talk about windows in life and being able to recognize the window because what we know about windows is they're not going to stay open. These doors aren't going to stay open forever. And you want to recognize when there is a window and you don't want to have any regrets. Yep. That's, that's all. Yeah. Did you have something else you wanted to add? I think we're good. Yeah, I think we're good too. That's a good way so. to end. Definitely going to name this one, Get a Passport. Um, Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. This has been great. So big question is, I know it may be in development, but what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Is there like a single website? Um, I prefer to like rather than email or phones or whatever. I would get a travel. Yeah, if they go to my travel blog, which I actually, I stopped writing about two years ago, but it's still great content and I still check it. Sure. Because I've been focusing on e-commerce and I'm going to start working on it again because I have so much content coming. But it's called a trance to travel.com. Not, not a chance, but a trance, a trance to travel.com. It's the letter A, the word trance, the word to, T-O, and the word travel.com. Um, and here's why I call it a trance to travel. 
because I believe that when you travel, it breaks up the trance of your life. You yeah. go from being mindless to mindful. Right. And we talked about that on the last the, yeah. um, the last episode about medical tourism. Yeah. And the white coat and the trance and all that. Yeah. Okay, good. So, a trance to travel.com. Dot com. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks, John. I love you guys big. I really love do. You love you guys too. too. I Thanks. love you too. And you too, John. Well, I'm sure you love everybody <laughs> out there as well. Yeah. That's funny. That's perfect. Thanks. <laughs>